This is the Made It in Music podcast, show 101. Welcome to the podcast, where we bring you tools and resources to help you go full-time in music and to stay in. The music business is a roller coaster ride, changing faster than any of us can pay attention to. We all need a competitive edge to stay ahead and to stay successful. What's working, what isn't, and what's coming? That's exactly what this show is all about. Back again with Full Circle Music, the Made It in Music podcast. What's up, everybody? This is Seth Mosley, host of the Made It in Music podcast. I am so, so incredibly excited. It's a big day today, March 26th, 2018, season one of the Made It in Music podcast begins today. And what a show we have for you. Skillet, John Cooper, the front man of the band Skillet. They have been synonymous with worldwide tours, headlining arenas, billions of streams on Spotify and YouTube, gold and platinum records, and a live show that keeps their fans engaged and coming back for more. There is an absolute ton to learn in this episode, so pull out a notepad and a pencil, or at very least your notes app or Evernote on your iPhone, and take notes. But before we jump into the show, making sure you guys are with us on social media, we have the same handle across all of our social media accounts. It's just at official FC music. That's right. You can find us on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube. That's at official FC music. Go over there and give us a follow if you don't mind. And one more thing that's going to be new and improved in this next season of the podcast, madeitinmusic.com, the place where all the resources, show notes, and links are going to live. So today's is madeitinmusic.com slash 101. Head over there and check it out. John Cooper from the band Skillet here on the Made It in Music podcast. Man, thank you so much. You're actually the inaugural Made It in Music podcast. Yes. Yes, you are. That's awesome. I'm glad glad they've officially made it. You made it. And you that, make it. So this is this, this is, is how people know I made it. Is I'm getting to talk to Mosley right here. This is episode uh, 101. Done just all kinds of incredible stories here with artists and Skillet being one of my favorite artists growing up. Was totally not going to share this, but just feeling feeling it in the moment. But eighth grade, Grove City Christian School. You guys played at Ooh. Grove City Nazarene Church in Ohio. Right. Totally don't de- expect you to remember that. But I was your green room water setup guy. Oh my gosh! You, how come you never told me that? We've written like five hundred <laughs> songs together. I literally just thought of it. As you've we were been holding here. it for this, you've been holding it for this moment. <laughs> so selfish. I had no idea. Did we treat you bad? No, not Corey at all. Corey did, didn't you? My wife Corey was like, "You go get that water, <laughs> and you don't speak." <laughs> No, I I think I was surprised because we were the ones like putting out snacks and stuff. And there was no, like, I think I had this expectation of like, oh, you have to put the yellow M&Ms in this dish and you have to put the water over here. It (laughs) has to be like a certain alkalinity or something. And there wasn't any of that. So that made a a really great 
impression for whatever that is. Oh, that's good. <laughs> <laughs> well, I had no idea. It's so, so funny. funny. Didn't plan on sharing that. Just came to me. But anyway, man, thanks oh, so much for cool. taking the time. We're, uh, you know, thick in the, uh, the throes of making a new <clears throat> project. And I've been fortunate to um, be able to write with you some for it. And man, why don't we just go all the way back to the beginning? Like before, before all of your, skillet. all of your, all of the audience before they were born, we're going to go back to then. <laughs> what was your, <laughs> in the beginning was first, the word. Yes. That. So somewhere in between that and what was your, <laughs> what was your very first dollar you made in music? Oh, okay. Probably when I was about 15 is when I started singing in my first band, you know, and, uh, can you share the name? Well, Technically, I, for about three months, I had a band called Tribulation. Tribulation. It was a couple of my friends, you know, like cover, you know, played metal covers. And they're like, we need a singer. And the only person they knew, like, crazy enough to get up and sing in front of anybody was me. You know, I just <laughs> would do anything. And uh, they wanted me to sing covers. And it was all metal covers. A lot of the songs I didn't know because I wasn't yeah. allowed to listen to, to rock music in my house. I couldn't even listen to Christian rock music. So a lot of it I didn't even really know. But. I heard it at my friend's house, but I didn't know the lyrics. So they'd yeah. have to write down lyrics for me, and I'd sing yeah. Kiss songs and Metallica songs and stuff. Yeah. We did that for a few months. But my dream was to play in a Christian band mm. because I'd heard Petra, which is, you know, yeah. my all-time band, yeah. you know. Yeah. I learned, Petra helped me through so many things. So I, I thought I would love to play Christian music like Petra. And yeah. the guys in the band didn't want to do Christian music. And I met someone that said, I want to do Christian music. So we started our own band and we started writing original stuff when I was 15. Mm. Probably played our first gig when I was 15, but didn't get paid. Probably got paid around 16 years old. Okay, that's pretty early. It, it is. We were playing a couple of like, you know, club things in town. And uh, I think I got paid like $30. And, uh, <laughs> and uh, it'd probably be the equivalent of now of making 50 bucks, yeah. you know? And I was, I was like, oh my gosh. This is the dream. I could buy pizza afterwards. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. So between then and when you went full time, was Skillet full time or was that like, was there a big journey in between that? There was a big journey. I mean, I, I played in this band called Seraph for years, three okay. or four years. That yeah. was kind of my dream, you know, yeah. a bunch of guys. And you were, the, were you the singer? I was a singer yeah. in a Christian band and and. I think eventually, I'm trying to remember exactly, I had started a, like a side thing for fun with my my buddy in the band. We started another band. It was like a funk band. We needed a bass player. And yeah. I couldn't fess with it. Seraph lost her bass player. Okay. Yeah. And, I, you know, bass players are hard to find. So yeah. anybody out there that doesn't want to just write songs and want to be in a band, <laughs> you'd play bass because there are no bass player. No, there's no glory in it. Everybody wants to play guitar or whatever or drums now. Yeah. They want to beat like a conga or something. <laughs> uh, but it used to be guitar. And uh, I was like, I can play bass. How hard is it? You know, I mean, it's one note at a time. So I started playing bass. And uh, eventually it led to my pastor saying, hey, you should start a side project with this other guy from this other band. I think you guys would be really good together. And we, I was like, oh, I'll write some songs. And he said, yeah, if you do, you could call it Skillet. It'd be like taking all these different ingredients that are different bands and throwing it all in a skillet. I never heard that story. So that's, yeah. that's literally where that came yeah, from. Yeah, I was 20. Crazy. And that's when we started Skillet. And uh, I didn't think it would take off. I was hoping my other band was going to happen. And, and this happened and I was prayed about it. And I was like, 
I can't believe I'm going to drop out of college to be in a band. I never thought, I always wanted to play music for my life. I never thought I'd make money doing it. Sure. You know? So I was afraid to drop out of school. Yeah. Luckily, it was easier because I was failing out of school. So it was either <laughs> <laughs> like fail and go do a band or just fail and, and yeah. be yeah. miserable. So you guys, I assume, just uh-huh. hopped on the road, started touring. I mean, how, yeah. how mm. were you like opening on tours or what was like your uh, yeah. path of entry into this whole thing? Sometimes it's hard for people to know what 1996 was like. I mean, like, let me bring a few things into this. Today's world is science fiction compared to 1996. (laughs) In what what way? I had never heard of the internet. I mean, it was around, I suppose. I've learned now. I've read it in history books. (laughs) (laughs) But I didn't know anybody who knew what the internet was. My generation didn't grow up with it. So you didn't go click to find new bands. The only way you found new bands was at a, a record store. Word of mouth, one of your friends that would have like a burned table. I found this local band you got to check out or you go watch bands play. Yeah. And going to watch a band play on the weekend was about the awesomest thing you could do. There was nothing more fun than going to at a club and watching a band play. Yeah. Maybe do some moshing or, or headbanging or whatever. It was, it was very much, it wasn't niche culture. It was pop yeah. culture. Yeah. So we would just go play for whatever at all these like Christian coffee houses, a youth group a Nazarene church, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, wherever we could play. A lot of it was just like, sometimes the rooms wouldn't be much bigger than this room. We'd go wow. and set up and rock out for 20, 30 people, sell some t-shirts. What we noticed early on was that we had a very loyal following. People mm-hmm. would be like, for whatever reason, yeah. this is the best show I've ever seen. You know, they, 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 for whatever reason, they liked it. It wasn't yeah. many of them. Yeah. And, and that's how we made our money. And, and, and very kind of quickly, Within a few months, we had a record deal sure. with for, for, uh, Ardent Forefront yeah. Records at the time in the Christian market. Forefront was killing, crushing at the time. Yeah. Yeah. Forefront had DC Talk, Audio Adrenaline, totally. Rebecca St. James. They they were like, they were, good, you know, great yeah. label. Yeah. When you got that record deal, was it like off to the races or was it what you expected? What I expected was to be the next Green Day. <laughs> I'm going to be huge because, yeah. you know, uh, this is amazing music, you know. Uh, I mean, I'm being kind of facetious, yeah, but yeah, yeah. when you're 20 years old and you're yeah. making your own music and you're in a band and you're playing every night, you if you don't have a certain amount of, I don't mean arrogance, but I don't yeah. really don't mean arrogance, but a certain amount of like, you have, to, you have to be a little crazy to get out there and do that every night. Yeah. Like, hey, everybody, come here and watch me. I'm going to do something you've not seen yet. You have to have a certain amount of craziness, faith in yourself. I believed it was going to be big, and yeah. I found out very quickly how how wrong I was, <laughs> <laughs> how hard it is to make a huge hit song, to yeah. sell a million records. I mean, it, it's it was a whole different thing. So th- there always is that little time at the beginning when you have these big dreams of, you know, I think it's realistic that I could be a YouTube star. Yeah. You know, everybody yeah. thinks there's a chance they could get on The Voice. Yeah. There's yeah. a chance I could do it, you know, and you make the top 150 <laughs> or whatever. Right. It's right. a lot harder once you dig into it. Yeah. What were some of the things that were way harder than you thought they were going to be? Huh. I knew the road would be hard because I had already been on the road. I mean, I didn't understand the politics of music. Hmm. I mean, I didn't understand that... Like if you watch politics or you you find out somebody, you're like, I believe in that person. I want to vote for them. And then you find out, well, really the only reason they got there is they made a deal with someone else and they owed them a favor and they gave them a chance. And that's why they're, they don't really care about you. They care about getting money from people that are funding whatever. Sure. That kind of politics. Sure. I didn't realize that it would be as much about me going into a radio station, 
And they say, we play my song. They say, no, not unless you'll come do a free concert for us. Yeah, yeah. I didn't know that would exist. So for me, I was like, I'm not doing that. You guys are the man. Sure. And sure. this is the 90s. And, and, and again, putting yourself in the 90s was anarchy, disrupt the system. I mean, just yeah. think about if you've all read history books. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Nirvana. And I mean, the whole world was changing so rapidly. It was all against the man. So for me, I was like, you're a freaking sellout. I'm not coming to do something for free. You're not going to use me. I'll do my music on my own. I don't need your crappy station. <laughs> and I found out re- that I I really needed their crappy station really, really, really much. Uh, that was disillusioning sure. uh, because I actually thought it was about the music mm. and it's not. Mm. Other disillusioning things for me, I never knew that being, being a Christian musician, tag, sure. was going to hurt me with a mainstream audience. Mm. It never crossed my mind. I knew people said it, but I I really believed they're also the man because I've got tons of atheist friends. I've got tons of non-Christian friends that come to our concerts. They're like, your music is touches me. You know, I knew that was the case. Mm. So I had a theory that it that it wasn't really true, but people were just afraid to try. Yeah. And if I can yeah. be so bold, totally. When they did try. I think the best way I heard it said by a Christian musician called Glenn Kaiser, somebody I really look up to. Yeah, he yeah. once the Glenn Kaiser said to me, he's like, you know, the problem with with Christian crossover bands, they want to cross over, but they never take the cross over. Hmm. I actually thought wow. that is a. It sounds a little cheesy. It's a little like a, a, a bumper sticker. Sure, it's true. People cross over and they realize they're afraid. If they have the Jesus tag, people won't play the music. They get made fun of, whatever. They get blacklisted. And it is true. There's a lot of pressure there, so I'm not dissing on anybody else. So I believe that we could actually do that. And I found out quickly I was wrong. 1998 was the first time Atlantic Records wanted to sign us. They kept sending all these guys out to see us. Yeah, You're going to be the next Rob Zombie. You're going to be the next Marilyn Manson. We're going to do it. Call me on Monday. I think they said five. They came out five times to see us play concerts, that's, wow. which, you know, that's a lot. You yeah. know, usually meet the label, showcase, come out for a show, you strike a deal or you don't. Yeah. Five concerts they came. And he's like, call me Monday. I'm doing this deal. I've got the producer. He, he was telling me the producer was, we're going to change a keyboard line on track one. We're going to add a hook on three. We're, you're going to be the next big thing. Wow. I call him Monday and he won't answer my calls. Tuesday, this is after five times he's come to see us. I call him two weeks later. He finally picks up. He's like, hey, I've been dodging. And I got to be honest, I'm, I'm going to get crucified if I sign a Christian band. I just can't do it. I'm, I'm, wow. My label's going to kick me out. So if you can drop the Jesus thing, we can do it. If you don't drop the Jesus thing, we can't do it. And so wow. we didn't sign with Atlantic in 1998. Yeah. But a funny thing happened. <laughs> they signed POD in 1998. Yeah. Maybe yeah. about eight months later. Yeah. The difference was is that POD wasn't as known in the Christian world as we were already known. Mm. And I was very, uh, I was a POD fan. Sure. So, of course, I was in a good way jealous, but I was excited because yeah. I felt that they were a band that would be vocal about their faith and stuff. So, that's a long story, but those are the things that were disillusioning uh, for me. Yeah, that's that's really good. Man, and that, I, I guess I had never thought about that with POD because a lot of bands— or artists just don't really have a clear identity in the beginning. And if I'm hearing you right, it's really important to know who you are on the front end. Um, POD yes. maybe knew that they that's where they wanted to start 
So did they just not make as big of an effort in the Christian world? Or like, what What do you think of those I, I actually think that they did. Now, I mean, we're not great friends. I don't want yeah. to speak for them. But but I but I want to be clear. I, like, I totally got their back because yeah. I was a fan. Yeah. I think POD was, started as a Christian act and very loyal to it, but never just gained enough popularity. I think they were just too heavy for the Christian world. Sure. It was too fringe, yeah. Yeah. too urban. You know, they were they were so urban, even though they were metal. Yeah. They were from, you know, from yeah. wherever in California. So yeah. I think that it just happened because they didn't have as much baggage as we did and they yeah. were able to do something different. We had a lot of baggage for those labels. Yeah. But I will say, what I'm saying is, is you need to know who you're going in. This industry will chew you up and spit you out. And mm-hmm. what happens is that a lot of Christians... And I don't want to name them. We all know who they are. There's tons of huge celebrities who say they're Christians. Sure. But I look at their lives and I'm like, that it, that does it looks nothing like Jesus. Mm. And if I was your pastor, we'd be having meetings every day. You know, <laughs> um, that's not what it means to be a Christian. Yeah. Uh, you know, even one artist, I can't even believe this. Won't name it, but you know what? I'm bold like a lion. Hey, so I'm just gonna say, I it. love it. <laughs> to see an artist, this is a little edgy. Yeah. Photos on Billboard, on her website, on her albums, to be half nude on a, a, a record, yeah, and leading worship at Hillsong, yeah. That makes no sense. And you know what? I don't even care if Hillsong's watching; they shouldn't yeah. be doing it. They're wrong yeah. for it. Yeah. And whoever her pastor is, and they say, "Hey, you you can do one or the other. We love you. God loves you, no matter what you do, and God doesn't judge. But you are bringing something on. I believe those churches that do that." And the artists, you're bringing something on yourself you shouldn't be bringing because mm-hmm. there's a higher standard for leadership. The Bible says wow. um, there's a high. You're bringing. You're not only bringing someone you shouldn't bring. You're you're inviting attack from the enemy in a way you shouldn't be doing. Mm. And I believe you're you're hurting to me the cause of of how beautiful grace is. It's sure. not cheap. Sure, it was costly. You know, yeah. to quote you know my wife's favorite Bonhoeffer. Yeah. So. Um, uh, I have a problem with that. And a lot of Christians, they don't know what they want to do. They don't have pastor. They don't have a Christian manager. And I got to give a shout out. If, yeah. you, if you if you want to be in that market, have a Christian person that understands what you're trying to do. Mm. If I didn't have my manager, it's easy to listen to those voices that go, hey, I know you want to be a Christian. I'm totally for it. I think it's mm. great. But don't you think you could reach more people if you never talked about Jesus? Mm. They, they say things that uh, that sound like wisdom, but they're really not. Wow. Does that make sense? Yeah. It's like in Lord of the Rings when uh, and the, uh, and the Fellowship of the Ring, end of the, end of the movie, if you remember yeah. when Barmere's trying to take the ring from Frodo yeah. and he's going in the circle. Don't you think it could actually help us? And then... Uh, and then uh, Frodo says, I know what you would say, and it would sound like wisdom, except for the warning in my heart. Mm. That is what my Christian manager has done for me, and my Christian wife has done for me, yeah. and my Christian pastors have done for me. Yeah. So no compromise. And if you don't get the next level, you don't get the yeah. success, who cares? Yeah. You know? So whether people who are watching or listening to this are Christians or not, I mm-hmm. think what can be gathered is, You've got to know who you are. You have to stick to whatever set of principles or operating system it is that you that you live by. And what I think is so cool about your story, I never knew that about the uh, Atlantic Records coming right. five times passing. They later came back around. What, yeah. what point was that in the in, in the Skillet career? Five years later, <clears throat> two thousand three. And it was it was a fight, man. It was such a fight, and you know they they kept saying we really just love the band. Yeah. And at that point, though, you'd had Pod, huge success. 
Um, I'm trying to remember if Switchfoot had, I think Switchfoot was just having humongous success in a huge way. And uh, with that amazing uh, record that they released, Beautiful Letdown, it was called. Things were changing, I think. I think the Christian music was showing that it was not second rate. Mm. And there's always been great Christian music. It just never got a a decent look, in, in my opinion. They were realizing, okay, second rate, culture was changing. We started noticing in the 2000s after 2001, which was, of course, the, the Twin Towers of mm-hmm. September 11. Yeah. We started noticing that culture was more open to spiritual things in general. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, the 90s was a dark era. Most rock music was about violence and anger in the 90s. Yeah. Started getting more about open spiritual things. So people were like, oh, well, so what does it mean to you to be a Christian? So they were a little bit more open, but still, it was still hard doing that deal. And I think we put out a record that they really liked. Yeah. I think that's what changed. We had a record called Collide. Yeah. And I think yeah. they went, you know what? Maybe there's something to this band. We'll, we'll do something. <laughs> and, and but, but in the end, if you want my honest opinion, sure. I think God opened the doors. It's yeah. kind of miraculous. And there's a, yeah. I could talk for two hours on all the things that happened. They'd, yeah. make, they'd make you laugh and you'd say, that's impossible. And God kept opening doors and, wow. it, and it finally happened. Yeah, and, yeah. Which is, Amazing, and you're still making records with them today. Have get yep. been follow, always follow you on social media, posting pictures of your double platinum records. <laughs> and it's just I, I don't say that to you know blow smoke, but I just think it's a really cool story of and it's inspiring to a lot of our listeners of just be who you are, right? And don't absolutely yes, don't sell out. Doesn't mean it's always going to work out. Yeah, the way you want. Yeah, you know, and and mine didn't work out for a long time, and there was a lot. Do I just need to quit? Am I getting out of touch? And maybe the music's just not that good, you know? Yeah. Maybe it's why nobody's buying it, you know. But feeling a call to keep doing what you believe in. Yeah. And and I think coming to terms, I think that's mature. I know there's a lot of people watching aren't Christians. It's hard for me to talk about this stuff without bringing my faith in. No, yeah, it's I think so um, yeah. maturity and and God is going, all right. It's not about me. So it's it's about you. I don't yeah. want to be dumb, but it's about you. And so yeah. if you want, if you're giving me something to say, you're giving me some sort of audience to say, whether it's huge success, moderate, no success, if you're still in it, I want to be here doing it. Yeah. So it's a little bit to me like not every story ends like Joseph in the Bible. Right. Yeah. <laughs> right. right. We like those stories because it starts and you think it's just going so bad, so bad, so bad. But in the end, God makes him Pharaoh. Not yeah. every story goes like that. Yeah. Sometimes you got the saints that they never saw the, uh, Moses never saw the promised land. And you got the saints that never saw what they were believing for. Instead, they were murdered in the streets, yeah. but they still kept going for it. So not to compare us to, to saints who are murdered in the streets. <laughs> we have a lot better job than that, but sure. but it still is a calling and it still is something you drive. So for people who aren't Christians, I think what I would say, a similar way to look at it is just going, do what you believe in be who you are. That's where true satisfaction is going to come from. We believe the true satisfaction comes because we please God and what he's called us to do. But still, true satisfaction, even without God, having a life that you enjoy is not bowing down to the man and having all the money. That's why everybody in all these people in Hollywood with all the money and fame, they're all they're all addicted to stuff and they're sure. all, and they're not actually happy people. The most yeah. beautiful people in the world are the most insecure people in the world mm-hmm. in, in Hollywood because it's not really what they're looking for. They want to feel they matter. Yeah. So yeah. I think doing music, in this case, writing songs you believe in, being yourself, 
you can go to bed every night. So yeah, yeah I'm, I'm happy with who I am, you know? Yeah, that's so good. There's two sides of it because there, there's the one side where be who you are, don't sell out, don't do anything, you know, people are trying to pressure you to do. And then there's the other side that you have to weigh in the balance of, I need the radio station to play my song. Right. <laughs> How have you found that? We talked a little bit about that this morning. Yeah. Even just your journey, you know, as a songwriter. Sure. Yeah. In the end, I was wrong. You do need to go play that free concert for the radio. <laughs> if you watch the beginning, you need to play it twice. Yeah, all yeah, right. Yeah. It's politics and you got to do what you got to do. I mean, yeah. you need that radio station. It's still for us the absolute best way to reach a mass audience. I mean, you Ra- can do radios. it without radio. Yeah. But it's the best, easiest way. And that that made our career go from um, successful, underground, loyal following, yeah. selling records, making a little bit of money. Radio is what took it to 2 million records, which I never thought would happen. Sure. But besides, before I, remember I said before I recorded my first record, I thought 10 million. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. After the first month of touring, I'm like, oh, yeah, nobody likes us. <laughs> anyway, um, you do have to be willing— I think there's a difference between compromising like who you are and being willing to try something new. Mm. You don't want to compromise your identity or something that like really matters, but going, hey, I want to try something new. And that's been key for Skillet. If Skillet was still making records like my first one, when I'm like, no, hey, John, I think it'd be smart for radio if we tried this. No, it'd be smart for a new audience if you try a little, no, try a song acoustic, no. Um, yeah. We would not be anywhere. Yeah. So I think you have to be, you have to put your pride down and go, okay, what is it that is changing about music? And I think if I have anything real valuable to share, it would probably be to do with the fact that I'm not 21 anymore, yeah. that I was raised in a time with no Pro Tools. Mm. The idea of recording an album on a computer was science fiction mm. or something that people did because they had no money yeah. to go into a real studio. Yeah. Uh, there was no internet, really. There was no internet markets, no iTunes. So if you couldn't get, if you could not literally get your physical CD into a store, no one would buy it. Yeah. So bands like Skillet, we'd be like, we sold out. And there's, we'd always go into music stores. There's no Skillet CDs. They say, we sold both of them out. Both of them. <laughs> How can you ever sell a hundred thousand records if you're not carrying anything? Right. So, for me, it's not only all that shit. Culture has changed. People yeah. are different than they used to be. Their attention spans are different. What they like to hear is different. And so if I have anything valuable to share, it would probably be be that, okay, I'm willing to say, I will not compromise who I am. There are some things about me that I like and that I know my fans like. Yeah. And I want to do something unique and be myself, but be willing to go to somebody and say, how can we make this a little bit new? Yeah. There's some new things we can do. Yeah. And that's what me and you did on Feel Invincible. Yeah. You know, yeah. I think most people here Feel Invincible would say, that sounds like a really fresh new version of Skillet. It's still my voice. Sure. Still the kind of lyrics that I write. Yeah. And it's still loud. Yeah. yeah. But it's got some new stuff in it. Yeah. It's great. Well, I love it. Let's dive into the... Uh, Full Circle Five. <laughs> oh, baby. I don't here even know what go. it is, but I, I love it. We're here. What's the <laughs> number one book or record that you most commonly recommend to people? Can I, can I do two? You can or do, do two? I have to do one? Just whatever's on your heart. <laughs> my two most impactful books in my life, um, one of them is called The Sovereignty of God. Okay from A.W. Pink. Mm. That movie was, uh, sorry, I said movie. It's because I love movies as well. Yeah. That book, uh, in, in my my biblical thinking, yeah. really transformed me and, and, and took me to a new level of realizing that God is in control of everything. Mm. And if I don't write a hit song today, 
it's fine. Yeah. And if I never write a hit song, it's fine because it's not really about me. How can I use my talents for him? Yeah. And again, I think that's maturity in Christ. Is yeah. you, the more you get older, you become an old older man, older woman walking with God. You realize John the Baptist really was right that I need to just decrease and yeah. he needs to increase. And that's when I'm the happiest. So mm-hmm. sovereignty of God is a great one. Not everybody's going to agree on the theology of it. It's sure. harshly Calvinistic. Sure. And what I would probably say is tied with my favorite book of all time is a philosophy book by a guy called Chesterton. Chesterton is his name, and it's called Orthodoxy. Mm. And that book uh, blew me away. Mm. I love that book. That's tied with Frankenstein for my favorite book. (laughs) Frankenstein is for fun. Orthodoxy is is for the brain. I love it. We'll we'll post links to to all those on the show notes. Second question. Failure only turns into a lesson if it changes your perspective or changes the way you behave on something. Do you have a favorite failure in life that you, like, man, I really <laughs> took something away from that? I am my wife's favorite failure. If you <laughs> if you had her here, she could tell you. No, I'm I mean, honestly, yeah, there's been a lot of them in my life. And I think that, I hope it's not like a broken record, like I got nothing else to say. I think when your life becomes it's okay for your life to kind of seem like it's from cons- it's consumed with music. It yeah, is. It's pretty yeah. much what my whole life ends up being about. Mm-hmm. It's not necessarily a, a terrible thing as long as it's not like an ultimate thing. You know, it, ha- it has to be. I have fifteen employees. Yeah. Everybody's got to get paid. Yeah. I've got two kids. My kids, hopefully, I know I can send one to college. I hope yeah. I can send both. Yeah, <laughs> that yeah. was a joke. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, you know, I got to put foot on the table. There's all these things to think about. But I think having, realizing that the amazing success of like our Awake record, we had 2 million records, realizing that that is not, was not really because of me. I mean, yes, I wrote the songs and yes, we worked really hard. Mm-hmm. A lot of times people go, hey, people always mean it as a compliment. And it's really nice to say, you guys worked so hard, you deserve it. And I always appreciate that. It's always a really nice compliment. But working really hard doesn't necessarily mean that you're going to get that. And, mm-hmm. and in the end, God just decided to open those doors. Mm. Then you come back to the, pro- the process. Your brain's freaking out because you just had, you know, you just had the biggest hard rock record in the world. Yeah. And you're one of the biggest touring rock acts in the world. And you're all this pressure to make, I got to make a good record. I did it once. I got a good, and then things don't go like you hope. And they don't yeah. go. And then you feel like a failure. Mm-hmm. And in the end, what you have to realize is, it doesn't mean that those songs aren't good. It doesn't mean that you're not good. It doesn't mean whatever. God just didn't open the doors this time. Yeah. And I think that for me, it, it's a the biggest lesson I can learn in my life is going, it comes down to trusting God. Yeah. It's, it it's like Christianity 101, but it's also the advanced course yeah. where you go back and you learn all the basics. It's kind of like, you know, before the Super Bowl, yeah. they're probably not learning all these, the new advanced stuff. They're probably saying, Everybody needs to work hard this week. You need yeah. to sleep. You need to drink a lot of water. You need to go over the basics. That, yeah. That's what I've learned in my life. It's good. It's really good. Thinking back to pre-Skillet, before you dove fully, full-time in, what was the number one thing that kind of held you back from that? I was just scared. Scared I wouldn't have any money, you know? Mm-hmm. Scared I wouldn't be able to pay my bills, you yeah. know? Some of that probably comes also culturally. I mean, yeah. my, I was raised in the 80s. Mm. And the 80s was a very much a time of of affluence, mm. um, the Reagan era, you yeah, know, yeah. and, yeah. and uh, education. 
it was very much looked at and in my generation, if you didn't go to college, then you're a deadbeat. You'll never you'll never amount to anything if you don't graduate college. And if you don't make a lot of money, you're a loser. And if you don't, you know, do this, yeah. it, you know, if you care more about, in fact, if you care more about Christ than money, you're a little bit off because Christ wants you to have money. You know, mm-hmm. he wants you to be responsible. It was a little like that, which I don't agree with that sure. stuff, of course, sure. but that was the upbringing. Yeah. So in college, I thought, Music's the only thing I'm good at. I would love to do it full time, but I'm scared to do it. So to be honest, you know, dropping out of college to do it was a bit of a leap of faith for me. Yeah. That was the biggest, the biggest fear. It's good. What's something that's working for you right now? Working for me? Yeah. Probably two things, uh, which was being willing to try new stuff. And not even be willing, being excited to try new stuff, going, yeah. hey, I want to try this. Everybody, yeah. I, you know. Young people are doing it. They don't know how to use computers. <laughs> I should learn how to use a computer. You know, when you, when you don't, it's hard to explain now when people, when they're young, it makes me sound like so old. To Think about all the changes in the last five years, 10 yeah. years. We didn't have a cell phone. When we first toured, we were getting, we had to buy map, world maps. And then you get into, you drive into Iowa and you'd have to buy a local map because the roads are so small. You can't read them, but how to get to the Nazarene church where some future great producer, like said, Moses is going to come <laughs> give me brown M&Ms only, or I'm going to freak out. Um, you know, we're looking at maps. So I think that's the road, you know, and you're driving in the, yeah. um, remember Dumb and Dumber? When you, I, I totally I, think the, I, thought, I thought the Rockiers were going to be a little, a little rockier. A little rockier. Um, <laughs> Being willing to go, you know what? I want to do it. If, yeah. I want to jump into something new. Being willing to try new stuff, but also having confidence in who, who you are. Mm. That is so important because I've had a lot of pressure in the last few years to shift skill. Try something new. In fact, become something new. Sure. But do that, you know, and I'm just like, no, I know who I am. Yeah. I know that I won't be happy doing that. I actually don't think business-wise it'll work anyway because yeah. I'm I'm a rock guy. I'm a rock singer. Mm. You know, you're not going to catch me singing Colton Dixon songs. It's just <laughs> as much as I wish I could. I, I don't have Colton's voice. This is, you know, I talk like this in interviews and people like you, not you because you know me, but yeah. the interview would be like, whoa, you sound like you had a bad night. Are you losing your voice? I'm like, no, this is how I talk, man. So, you know, um, you know just being comfortable with who you are, being yeah. confident in who God's called you to be. It's good. Last question. If you woke up tomorrow and skillet the business, whatever it is, it, it all disappeared and fell apart and you had to start from square one, but you still have all the experiences and knowledge and wisdom that you currently possess, what would you do? Now, do you mean for, for music or just in life in general? Could be, you could, yeah, it could be something in music, could be something completely different. Just in, uh, okay, I see what you're saying. Oh my gosh. Well, I don't know, Seth. That's a ridiculously <laughs> hard question. I should have read through that one. Uh, <laughs> I think it's hard for me because I, I do have kind of a dichotomy about me that the two things I'm passionate most, yeah. you know, is going to, is, is music. Yeah. I'm more passionate about Christ, of sure. course, but I'm finding a way to do, you know, Christ is at the top. Yeah. Is what I'm trying to say. Yeah. The two things under Christ is music and, and ministry. Mm-hmm. And I love, I love youth. Yeah. I, I've always thought I'd be a youth minister whenever mm-hmm. Skillet ends and mm-hmm. it Skillet never seems to end, which is awesome. <laughs> and, uh, and I'm getting older now. I love ministry. I love the idea of pastoring. I love the idea of leading a home group. Mm. That's what we call it, home group. A small group at your house from your church where I could care for a small amount of people 
I'm not the head pastor, but I sure. think I could do that well. Teach a bit of theology with that. I'm really passionate about that, making disciples. Mm. And I try to kind of include that in my music job if I can, whether it's we're out on tour at Winter sure. Jam now, yeah. meet, meeting with all the bands, talking. I'm not discipling them yeah. in Christ, but I can encourage them in Christ. I yeah. can say, I hear what you say, you know, the Bible says this about this. And we, iron sharpening iron, the Bible says, yeah. you know, we're yeah. making each other better. I like that aspect. I love evangelism. So I'm all over the map. So you say, what would you do now? Well, I probably would still try to do music. Yeah. If I could yeah. start over completely now, I, I think, I, you know, I would understand that music is a business. Mm. It is political. Yeah. You are selling yourself. It's not all against the man, you know, that yeah. you, so you, sometimes, sometimes you have to make a deal with the man to get to where you want to be. And that's okay. It's in the end, it's about winning. You know, yeah. you want yeah. it's about winning to get where you want to be. And yeah. don't be afraid to do that. And don't be afraid to tell people no, yeah. I'm not gonna do it. I don't like it. Yeah. You know? It's good. It's good. Uh so talk about if you can care to share anything of the what's going on with the new record, new, new project, projects. Music. I, I honestly, and I'm not just saying this because I'm on a <laughs> on a podcast. I am having so much fun. I know I've shared that with you. Yeah. In a personal way, me and you got together on our last record, which was called Unleashed. Everybody here that doesn't know Unleashed is sinning by not having Unleashed. <laughs> All right, go Spotify it, or or better yet, go buy it. We'll uh, post it in our in our show notes. Yes, right yes, like, yes. And Mosley put a little hat. You can buy a Mosley hat, buy it or something <laughs> with your credit card, uh, a PayPal. Yeah, I'm sorry, I'm old. Not a credit card, PayPal. Anyway. Um, yeah, I'm having so much fun. Uh, I, on our last record that we did, when I met you, we started writing some songs together. You know, life just got, not life, music got fun again mm. because I wasn't like, I wasn't trying so hard. I wasn't trying to fit a mold. It was kind of getting in a, in a situation where I'm like, okay, this is a good relationship with you, with me and my wife, Corey. We write a lot together. Mm. Having this relationship where the music has a, a lane, we're finding the lane where skillet belongs and we're having fun writing hooks. And yeah. I don't have to stress so much about every little word, every little note. If it feels good, we try it, you know? Yeah. I'm just having a great time. So where we're at with Skillet now, riding on the road, which yeah. I've really enjoyed. And yeah. maybe a new thing for me whenever I say about not being afraid to try something yeah. new. Up until three or four years ago, I didn't know how to turn a computer on and get my own email, okay? My wife has to do it for me. She sets up my phone. I'm like, how do I get into Twitter? This thing won't open. You got to put a password. I don't know what a password is. And now I can do my own Pro Tools work. I can yeah. record my own music. I can, do, of course, I play guitar and things yeah. like that. So I can, I, I've always been able to play it. I've never been able to engineer it. And now I can do it on my own. So yeah. finding that I can record records while I tour because that's when I get the most inspired. I meet the fans. I hear their yeah. crazy stories about how one of my songs, you know, helped save their lives or yeah. helped check them in. They went, I heard a song that said, I need to go to rehab because of that song. It's the mm. only thing that got me through drug uh, rehabilitation or wow. a divorce. I hear these songs. I'm like, oh my gosh, I want to write another song. Right, yeah. That's so inspiring. So writing this new record is just so much fun. And my wife, Corey, and I are digging in like every day. Yeah. She's, and also I'm, I'm kind of relinquishing all the production to her. I'm yeah. not even producing most of it. She's doing most of yeah. it now. So Corey. Well, she's, she's amazing. It's, she's wicked, yeah, right? Totally. Yeah. It's very, uh, I don't know if you'd call it secret weapon because people I'm sure know how talented she is. Right. But I think I, we were talking about this last week. My daughter is a huge skillet fan. She, she refers to you guys as skeleton. 
Which is such a better name than Skillet. I'm throwing it out. <laughs> if I could start over tomorrow, I'd start over with the name Skillet. Skillet. <laughs> but she loves Breaking Free. Is uh, I think it was your latest single off right. of off of the uh, deluxe edition. Yeah. And we've just been jamming it in our house on Spotify, and she has this whole dance routine. And I, I think I asked <laughs> you guys like, okay, so who produced and who mixed that? And you're like, yeah, we just did it on the road. Yeah. Like you it's, and Corey, it's the just, only song that we fully produced ourselves on the record, and we did yeah. the entire thing in the bus. Yeah, it's amazing. Yeah, and maybe a dressing room or two. I can't remember. Yeah, like a locker room, you know. Yeah. The, so well, you thank you though. Fully, she she's great, and yeah. she's better at that than I am. And it's a good partnership because now sure. I'm like, okay, you're gonna do this, and 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 I, don't, I just like, yeah, go do something awesome for me, and make me a lot of money while you're at it, <laughs> and then make me a brownie or something. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> she likes to cook. I'm not yeah. saying that women have to be the one making brownies. <laughs> Men can make brownies too. And it's a modern, uh, it's 2018. I, hey, hey, I, I don't make brownies myself, you know, but I do laundry. Yeah, hey. I can do laundry like a beast. Hey, there you go. So anyway, I do the laundry. She makes yeah. me a hit song, but it's a good partnership. So it's we're good. having a lot of fun. I think the fans are going to really like it. Good. I don't think we're trying something new in terms of we're rebranding re everything, but every time we write, we're trying something a little new and fresh yeah. and just having a lot of fun. I think the fans are going to love it. So Great. this is the new Skillet era. Hopefully we release this year. Yeah. Love it. Well, uh, John, it's been awesome. Thank you so much for taking Lots the time to be on the podcast. I love it. What is up? This has been Seth Mosley. You've been on the Made It in Music podcast, season one, episode one. Exciting. The kids are excited. We're pumped. A very, very jam-packed season full of incredible guests and lots of learning, lots of tips, and uh, things to help you stay ahead of the curve in the music business. So again, head over to our social media sites, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube. It's at Official FC Music. You don't want to miss what we've got coming up. We've got lots and lots of stuff on the Full Circle Music Academy side. Lots of great events. And we're just getting started. So thanks for being here with us. And you can go to the show notes page. It's at madeitinmusic.com slash 101. We're going to have links to the resources and, and the book that John mentioned, as well as just a few other things for you there. So head over to madeitinmusic.com slash 101. And we'll see you on the next episode.